Welcome to the Speaking From Our Hearts podcast. In this edition, we'll be talking about many aspects of life, particularly health, relationships and wealth-related topics, all from a heart-centred approach. Your host, Paul Lowe, has a long and successful history of helping others through his coaching and mentoring, as well as his many charitable initiatives. He's been responsible for positively impacting thousands of people's lives, particularly young people from challenging backgrounds. Paul is the author of the books Mastering the Game of Life from Pain to Purpose and Speaking from Our Hearts. Welcome listeners to this Speaking from Our Hearts podcast episode Today, I'm joined by a lady that's uh, been on three previous episodes, a lady by the name of Kim Hamer. Kim, very, very warm welcome to you and welcome back once again. Thank you, Paul. Thanks for having me back. I'm looking forward to it as always. And hello, everybody who's out there listening. So the chosen title, Kim, uh, the uh, to start us off on this uh, on this dance, and I will flag up with listeners, um, it's probably the last time you'll hear that terminology. Or maybe not. Watch this space. The significance that will unfold in due course. But more importantly, Kim's chosen title and focus for our conversation, our dance. Is it time to look in the mirror? Kim, tell us what you mean by that. It's a bit of a double-edged one today, Paul. Uh, and it came about uh, firstly because when I went out into business coaching, a lot of the people that I had been working with said, you'll be great at it because you're great at holding up the mirror to people. Um, and I didn't think too much about it. But as I progressed over this last sort of two and a half years coming from you know being an employee to being an entrepreneur, I've had to look in the mirror at myself quite a lot. And there have been times when it's been quite challenging to do that and um, quite a struggle to deal with some of the questions that came up. And I thought given some of the things we've been talking about in our previous chats, Paul, this might be a you know a, a really interesting subject um, for people to, live, to hear us chat about. Mm. Yeah, I mean, what, what's kind of making me smile straight away, Kim? Uh, well, from the moment you first suggested the title, I think it's a brilliant title because it's it's a time, I mean, for me, it's a, it's a metaphor for reflection, isn't it? And having a, a look at ourselves and reflecting on, you know, where we're at in our lives, what's happening, what's what's not happening, etc., etc. But when you first suggested it and intuitively it felt right as a title, I, um, I've kind of had a little wry smile since then because one of the one of the strategies I work with on clients in my own um, coaching and men- mentoring business, Kim, is to is to do this. You know, particularly with people um, in the more masculine, very strong masculine energy, to actually have a look in the mirror and kiss the mirror and tell that mirror how much you love that person. That's a big challenge, but there's you know this this. There's a kind of bit of a psychology and a, a science beyond that, but that's another time, another place. So I suppose what I'm trying to say in a really long-winded way here, listeners, semi apologies, is I think it's an absolutely fantastic subject and, um, you know, a great topic of conversation. So what have you found, Kim, you know, a bit, you know, because I know that you've got the strength and the courage, um, you know, to go de- deeper and to be vulnerable. So, Guide us a bit more about your own journey, um, Kim, if you will. Mm, sure. 
Um, so I mentioned that I'd gone from being an employee to an entrepreneur, and that wasn't a, sort of like an, an overnight process, if you like. You know, I I worked in in companies for uh, 28 years uh, in all sorts of um, different industries, and I was always someone who wanted to create and push boundaries and things like that. So, you know, I thought I was, you know, I was quite resilient and, and quite comfortable. But there came a point a couple of years ago where our company was bought by a competitor and I decided not to go with the competitor's business. I decided to leave and take a package. And while that gave me a really lovely safety net to spend some time reflecting on who Kim was and you know, what I really wanted from life and who I was without all the corporate trappings. What it did make me face was that I had no, I had no vision for what my life was going to be about. You know, I, you know, at the time I was 47, um, my oldest grandmother died at 94. So I was looking in the mirror and saying, you know, I, I'm only halfway through and it, it was frightening because I didn't know what I was going to do with the next 47 years. I just had no idea. And it was, um, you know, it, it was frightening. It was confusing because I'd always been a very certain person. And to be in a place of not knowing was, was hugely, hugely uncomfortable for me. Um, but it was something I, you know, in, in retrospect, I see I needed to do, but I didn't like doing it. I was, you know, I, I had a really tough time for about six months reevaluating and reflecting on where I'd gotten to and perhaps what I'd be doing next. So as, um, what's really intrigued me there, Kim, is this, this mindset of a, of a young slip of a girl as, as you are um, and this, this age of 47. How long ago was that? What, two or three years ago? Yeah, I'm 50 now, so three years ago. Yeah, okay. So um, is this mindset thing, because isn't it true that to a massive extent, what we tell ourselves, we become? And, you know, so many people get engrossed into this, a certain way of thinking, whatever that may be, um, be that good, bad or indifferent, and that's not for anybody else to judge, but... It actually manifests it. So we, I think it's that old saying, Kim, isn't it? That old cliche, just be careful what you focus on or the words mm. you use or what you wish for. So I'd kind of like to challenge you, if I may, because I think you're you shortchanging yourself there at 47 times 2 is 94. I mean, you're just kind of escaping your teenage years. And what are you going to do? That? <laughs> well, that was back three years ago. Now, you know, I turned 50 in August last year. Mm. And I keep telling people, look, I've got at least another 50 years to fill. Mm. At least. It's exciting. But you're right. It was about, you know, at the time, it was what I made 47 mean. And 47... I think there was a whole lot of stuff in the background about um, I shouldn't feel lost. I should have it sorted. Um, I, you know, I sh it's nice to play, but I should feel certain. I should feel settled. And they were all things um, that sent me into a real spin. You know, I struggled. Um, I struggled a lot over the si those six months with depression and 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 that sort of thing. It just that that purposeless feeling 
surprised me and, and just really shocked me. What was interesting there, Kim, I mean, obviously we know each other more than well enough now to know that yeah. um, there's absolutely no ju uh, judgment, But as, as I keep saying, but I want to pick up on the word you use and used it four times back to back there, should, mm. should, yeah, should. exactly. Tell us exactly. about the importance or the insignificant, or the significance, should I say, not the, well, actually, no, I was subliminal, I was right there, the insignificance of the word should. Tell us about mm. that, Kim. Yeah, it's really interesting, Paul, um, that that you heard that. And I was in such a should place. And I find that when I'm trying to to listen, if I'm feeling a bit disempowered or, you know, what why aren't I doing what I'm doing and all of that sort of thing, what I find is that I'm shoulding somewhere. I should be doing this or I should be in a different place. Um, and I was I had just buried myself in should back then and I'm not saying it's completely disappeared now but that whole should conversation gave me a real awareness of how how disempowering that word is mm. yeah completely yeah. because it the, the only the only thing to be dealt with is where we are now yeah there's no should about what we should be doing and I say that now, three years later, uh, <laughs> and, you know, you have moments. I think we all have moments where we think we should be something else. Mm. But for me now, it's about listening out for it. Mm. And, and it's a bit of a trigger word for me when I start saying to myself when I've got decisions or I, perhaps I'm not quite hitting my business goals or I'm feeling tired, I think, oh, I should do this instead of just going, no, this is what I'm doing. Yeah. 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 It's it's part of a family, isn't it? I call it the shoulda, woulda, coulda family <laughs> because they're all yeah. kind of in there the same, aren't they? But just to give that some context, uh, Kim, for you know, for our listeners that might be thinking, well, we all say that. Yes, we do. And, and, yeah, it's, we do. and it's fine. It's absolutely fine. I think the trick is, is to observe ourselves and to catch ourselves not getting ingrained in that and beating ourselves up and that self-expectation of, well, I should have done this. And, you know, somebody said it to me oh, about 18 months ago, Kim, that, Paul, do you not feel a great sense of frustration that actually you should be a lot further? You feel that you should be a lot further down the line now. And I just looked at this person. It's like, what? No, because wherever I am in life or whatever I should have done, according to somebody else's judgment, which is invariably where the seeds planted from, that then we take it up and water it and nurture it, don't we? Um, yeah. Rather than saying, well, actually, it's not my seed. I'll give it you back. But that height and that burden of what comes from initially, I feel, outside we embrace it we take it in and it's like a it's like a new child yeah okay I'll, I'll take this in i'll nurture it and i'll water it and i'll take care of it and it's like hang on this is not even my word this is not my expectation and i think it's about having that the key word here kim i feel i don't know if you agree is awareness so that when we are trapped in those moments of being human i'm fed up i'm really angry uh, you know i'm i'm frustrated it's like yeah that's fine because that is an energetic 
way of I think once we're aware of that and we get all that stuff um, we can release that energy rather than sort of no it's, it's no I'll ignore it I'll ignore it well that's trapped energy and that festers doesn't it a bit like a weed in a beautiful flower bed yeah I I absolutely agree I'd also like to add something else to that as well as just as you were talking I was thinking about all the things that people told me I should be uh, I should be married I should have children um, you know for listeners I'm 50 years old I've never been married I never was someone who wanted children and I I knew that from quite a young age my early teens and for a lot of my life I heard um, oh you'll change your mind you should you should so but for me, instead of sometimes instead of taking it on, all my defences would come up, which is almost, I think, um, as troubling, if you like, because it's not it's not the should that's the problem. It's the closing off to something. So I agree that should becomes a trigger for ourselves in terms of, you know, we are all just judging machines and that's what we do and it's about being aware of not beating ourselves up but I also think how we react when other people tell us what we should do or should be mm. is really important to be aware of as well um, and it can be I, I think when you're busy shooting all over yourself it's quite difficult to deal with other people's shooting all over you so <laughs> you know it, it can be a bit of a mess but I think it is both both ways and I you know I hadn't really thought about the impact of the of other people's shoulds uh, on me until you were actually talking there so let's flirt with this word Kim Let, let's not be bullied or manipulated or in fear of this shoulda so hmm. let me play devil's advocate here so here's this beautiful little girl called Kim and she's looking in the mirror yes what should here we go. <laughs> what should she be saying to herself? What she is saying to herself, Paul. Ah, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Touche. Yeah, touche. Uh, one of the things she is saying to herself is that she is visionary and she is brave. She is visionary and brave. What, what does that mean? Kim, t tell me, yep. for, the, for the purpose of our listeners, so if we can create some kind of rapport, some kind of empathy here. I'm a listener and I'm hearing these words like visionary and brave. Yeah. Put that in context so I can, I can relate to that. What does that mean? Sure. Yeah. So visionary uh, for me is about thinking about what's possible in the future. And that really excites me. When Even when I talk about it, I can feel myself get lit up. I think about... What, you know, this time next year, where will I be? What will I be doing? What can I do? What, what's possible? And for me, that's what being visionary is about. And it really, it, you know, it just really energizes me and lights me up. I loved what you just said there. You, on, <laughs> there was a big, <laughs> massive grin come over my face. Are you, <laughs> our UK listeners will relate to this, Kim, and I know will you you will. But maybe for the benefit of our overseas listeners, it might they might not sort of quite click onto it. But when you made that statement this time next year, <laughs> oh, it, wasn't that a television show or something? Yeah, it was from Only Fools and Horses. We oh, um, was it? Oh, okay. Yeah, See, so, yeah, yeah. you know, I didn't know that, so yeah. I'm with you, all the overseas listeners on this podcast. Yeah, 
Um, but it's very, very well known in the UK um, about a market trader, um, Del Boy, Del Trotter. And, um, you know, they're scratching around for apennies here and there. And he's, he's famous saying to, to his younger brother, Rodney, don't worry, bruv, this time next year, we'll be millionaires. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now when I say that in the mirror, yeah. I'm going to have a whole different take on that. <laughs> yeah, this yeah, this time next year we'll be millionaire. Very, very famous line in, in the UK, that is. Very famous yeah. line. So, yeah. So a bit of humour there. And I think that humour, Kim, is so important when we look in the mirror, isn't it? That, you know, that self kind of appreciation and... Um, you know, not to take ourselves too seriously. Yeah, and so I think there's a combination of, of humour and compassion yeah. that goes together. Um, being Australian, we are famous for um, a very self-deprecating sense of humour um, and we don't necessarily intend it to be self-deprecating, but I think when you say the kinds of things enough, um, that we say about ourselves are oh, like, you know, it was nothing, you know, we have the whole tall poppy syndrome thing, we don't stand out and all of those sorts of things. Um, I think your words do become your reality. So I think there's, yes, it's right about not taking yourself too seriously, but having some compassion. Mm. You know, look, I, so I do um, affirmations every morning in the mirror, two of which the ones I've shared with you. So I am visionary and I am brave. Um when I first did them, I thought they were hooey. I thought this is rubbish, but someone had explained the brain science of affirmations and I went, okay, I'll, all right, I'll give it a go. And I felt ridiculous. And there were some mornings I looked in the mirror and said, who even wants to look at that person first thing in the morning? But now it's like looking at a friend in the mirror and often, um, you know, I'll find myself smiling before I even start the affirmations. Mm. Mm. It's it's about that story we tell ourselves, Kim, isn't it? We, we've got we create a script because the reality of the the outside world, whatever that is, we filter that through our own lens, don't we? We use our mind mm. to filter that to to create this modicum of comfort within our own world. And we bend that reality. For me, it was decades of, of alcohol addiction, that mm. escapism. Um, but irrespective of whether it's an addiction or not, I mean, that's probably a bit extreme. But I think in every day, we use our mind to filter out the harsh realities of X, Y and Z and create this make-believe world of, yeah, it's got tinges of, of reality, but just enough for us to cope. And... You know, there's this whole thing in this, um, and this is why I love what, you know, that kind of, I suppose, contrast came between the the humour and, I was going to humour, the, the humour, <laughs> point proven, and compassion. It's a question yeah. of balance in our lives, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is. Uh, uh, I was sitting here um, thinking about the mirror analogy as well, and I uh, as a little point of humour, um, my favourite fairy tale as a girl growing up was Snow White. Mm. Okay. <laughs> who had the Wicked Queen who looked in the mirror, mirror, mirror on the wall. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and I think that whole thing about the story we tell ourselves, and I know I've shared this before, but from my own identity, because we're starting to flirt with identity now, 
for many years, I'd got this label, self-label, um, called Shufflefoot, of this victim shuffling his feet, shoulders slouched, looking down at the foot. Poor old me. Why does this always happen to me? Never happens mm. to anybody. Why is it always me? You know, I was engrossed. I adopted. It was part of my makeup, my identity of being a victim because that actually gave me significance as well. Please yeah. feel sorry for me, world. It's indirectly mm. what I was saying. Please feel sorry for me because I've got it really tough. What I've learned, Kim, over the years, it's a script. It's, part, it's an experience that I had. That's fine. But what I do now, uh, it's a simple black and white choice. I can be Shufflefoot or I can be Satnam. And Satnam is Sans Sanskrit for I am truth. So my higher self, you can call it Superman. You can call that character whatever you want. Um, but it's a simple choice. So when I look in the mirror now, and I really do kind of flirt with the mirror and say, you know what, Paul, you are really, really one handsome boy. I call myself a boy, um, yes. which, which, which is true. I mean, you know, we talk about losing our teenage years. Um, Kim, that's that's going to be happening with, with me probably in the next 40, 50 years. I, I'm not very good with well, numbers. You don't, don't want to rush into that. No, yeah. no. The impetuosity of youth. And, that, and that we tend to do that as, as youngsters, don't we? But, um, yeah, they say as you get older, you slow down. Um, okay, well, I'll, I'll have to take that as a word of faith. I'll have to, t I've yet to experience that. But anyway, we digress. So, yes. balance. We was talking about balance, Kim. I mean, I think that's the beauty of a simple sort of title like, is it time to look in the mirror? Because what this is doing is, no pun intended here, actually, yes, there is, it's reflecting so many aspects of who we, not who we are, but who we think we are. You know, we the different angles that we, we're picking on now, if picking on is even the right word, of affirmations, you mentioned you're visionary, you're brave, humour, compassion. We're kind of dancing all over the, uh, the floor here, Kim, are we not? We are. We're not even sticking to a style. <laughs> we are all over this. <laughs> yeah, but isn't that true for conversations in life for all of us and i think i suppose the the underlying message of, of of what we're doing here conversing is i suppose to encourage other people to reach out and just talk to people you know the cathartic nature of that is is beyond it's beyond description you know as, as human beings as tribal people we just want to talk to people don't we we just want to be heard we do. We do. I think we want to be heard, but we want to connect. That's one of my um, sort of core personal values. It's about um, being connected and feeling connected, whether it's in my work, whether it's to myself, with myself, or with um, those around me. So I, I think connection, I think that's what human beings are wired for. Mm. We're just wired to connect. And you know, you, you, you mentioned, you know, reaching out. And I think we, we can often stop ourselves reaching out because we don't know either what to say, but we should, we should all remember that a conversation is created in the moment. It is pure invention. Mm. No one comes. We didn't, we don't come to this conversation with a plan. No. I don't start chatting with the guy at the bus stop because I have a plan. We just chat. And that's just how the conversation goes. So 
connection and conversation is created in every moment. It's a complete invention. So we can all embrace that. When when we look at Robbins's six human needs model, one of one of the um, one of the human needs here is love and connection. We all have got that need to be loved. Have you know with that? Otherwise, we we're just merely existing. Um, mm. And I think when you strip these things right back, Kim, it takes me back to um, you know a, a stance. Um, you could say a belief. And I was told by a very, very eminent world-class practitioner in personal development that all beliefs are false. And it's something that I've put to the, the test over the years. And I think the more that we become aware, the more we actually, or the more I actually understand the, the soundness of that, um, that statement, that the belief of that belief, if you will. But this this whole thing, isn't there, that... Do you know what? Life is a very simple game, but boy, don't we complicate it as human beings. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, I've just finished reading um, Simon Sinek's new book, The Infinite Game. Right. And he it, it's a really, um, you know, interesting concepts in the book, but he talks about um, the difference between playing a finite game where we play to win versus an infinite game where we just play to keep the game going. And if you think about it, they're two completely different mindsets mm. because if you're playing a finite game and you're playing to win, you're playing to end something. But if you're playing an infinite game, you're just keeping the game going. And whether you're in it or not, the game goes on without you. Yeah. So no one gets into a, you know, no one gets married to win. People get married to continue a relationship. Yeah. It's not about, yeah, and it was just, it's really interesting to start framing things as, yes, it is a game, but it's about actually how you play the game. Are you playing the game to just keep it going and experience it and explore all the things it has to offer? Or are you playing to win and close down everything else? He was the guy that um, wrote the big why, wasn't he, Simon? Yeah. yeah, start with why start and with um, why. leaders eat first. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. What's interesting about listening to that, um, Kim, this is the kind of science, scientist, the engineer in me now coming out, that infinite versus finite. For me, the infinite, the softer side, the divine feminine, call it what you will, quality is I looked at that in a very polarized way, a very black and white way. The infinite was the the softer, the endless, the the love, the indefinable, the intangible, as you said. Great context with marriage. Um, mm. Well, why are we doing this? I, because it's it just feels right. You know, mm. does it make sense economically? Figures on paper, probably not, because. You know, one party might be absolutely stinking rich and the other one hasn't got a penny. So some would say, well, that's an imbalance. But where affairs of the heart are concerned, which rules the day. Well, no, it's because if that love and connection's there, it's there. Then on the other side, the quantity side, we've got this. There's an end result. It's one plus one equals two. And, you know, to, to go back into that marriage metaphor, uh, Kim, isn't that then around, well, um, I've got a million pounds in the bank. You've got a million pounds in the bank. So do you know what, girl? Let's get married. We're a good match. Yeah. Well, actually, Paul, that's not a bad idea, but we can't actually stand each other. All right. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, but the bank balances st- stack up. So uh, why do you want to bother about a simple thing like emotion? Yeah. And and I love what you've said there because maybe I've stressed the point a bit too strongly there or a bit differently, but this infinite versus finite, yes, I like that because it's a metaphor for quality versus quantity. And we can have as much quantity in our lives as we want, Kim, can't we? But do you know what? Best we have one sort of really profound, deep connection, a quality connection than a million strangers in our lives. I think that's a really interesting point because my Kim agrees with you. But I was listening to a presentation yesterday about um, and and this is sort of quite a a black and white statement, I guess, is about introversion and extroversion Mm -hmm. and about the way people get their energy, but also about the way people process Um, And I'd never really thought about it before because naturally I'm quite reflective. I have a lot of introvert um, traits, if you like, or behaviours. You know, I like to reflect before I speak. Um, You know, I'm the one who uh, would rather stay home and read than go to the party. Uh, You know, love being on my own, those sorts of things. But, But extroverts, they... So introverts think things through first, then talk. But the way extroverts process information is about um, they talk it through. And I, I find that really difficult. So in all of those times, you know, we were talking before about, you know, when you're in a really difficult place and, and all of that sort of thing, I find it really difficult when I'm in that messy place to start with and I haven't sorted it out in my head, I find it really difficult to talk to anybody mm. about it. Um, and, and, you know, I was just thinking about that as you spoke about this whole, um, you know, introspection and reflection. It doesn't necessarily serve all of us in the same way. But one of the things I've had to, one of the brave things for me has been to not tie it all up in my head before it comes out of my mouth, particularly mm. when I'm in a, a really dark place. Because yeah. what I want to do is sort it out in my head first. Mm, this, yeah. That, that's, yeah, I mean, that's very contextual. I was almost tempted to jump in there with a, a yes, but, but I won't because, yeah, that, I mean, that is a, blimey, that's a, that's a topic in its own right, Kim. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes. Isn't it just? Um, we always come up with those, don't we? <laughs> we do indeed. Yeah, we do indeed. And on that note, Kim, is it time to look in the mirror? I feel what we've we've had is an amazing dance. Have we kept in tune with the steps? Probably not. Let the listeners decide on whether it's been a good dance or not. Uh, you know, we've talked to the floor, we've exchanged energy, we've exchanged vibrancy. But I want to thank you, Kim, yet again for this 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 dance. I can't get beyond this this word dance that we <laughs> exchange this this energy. And I think. You know, if I personally could humbly wish for anything to, you know, by way of a, a message to pass on to our listeners about, you know, the way forward here, or if they can get anything from this, this, this conversation from us, it'd be, you know, reach out and just talk to people. And, you know, you'd be amazed that in time how people do want to listen and they accordingly, they want to be heard as well. So last, last word to yourself, Kim, firstly, how can we get in touch with you? 
I think the easiest way to find me is um, to Google me. I'm about to spell my name. So anybody who wants to write this down, get ready. Uh, it's Kim, K-Y-M, Hamer, H-A-M-E-R. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Facebook. I'm all over. And it's probably just easy to Google me and find me in, on one of those social medias rather than me list a whole range of them off. Yes. Um, and obviously being involved in um, three previous episodes, Kim, um, you know, your details are in there as well. Um, yeah, absolutely. I said there was two things. That's one of them. The final word, Kim, that is yours. Um, what's, what's your, as, as you look in that mirror then, Kim, what's the one piece of wisdom, advice, guidance, call it what you will, that you'd like to pass on to the world? This one's quite quite difficult. Normally, I have you know, there's something that comes to mind, but but for me, I think we've talked about it's time to look in the mirror. But connecting with other people around you is often the best mirror we can have. So I'd endorse what you said. You know, reach out, connect with people. Kim, thank you very much once again, and there we have it, listeners. So. As I sign off at this point, all that remains for me to say is remember, no matter what you do in life or in this context, no matter what mirror you look in, always look at that mirror with heart. Heart, helping everyone achieve results towards success.